I have to speak truth here. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you guys for joining here. So when we started this journey, and as we're coming in here to, to help fulfill and honor Jim's request, when Jim you know, said, I mean, he's, he's going to go down to Florida for a season. Um, he asked, you know, he comes, Hey Ray, can you come in here and cover for classes, um, cover some teaching? And I said, yes, Jim, you can't say no to Jim. Jim would ask. Um, so this is part of that fulfillment of that commitment and a way to honor Jim. So he goes, Hey Ray, what can you do? And I said, well, I can do this this time of the month right here. So the last for the last three months on the last Sunday of the month, I've been able to come in here and just share what's been on my heart um, as I go through and study the Bible. So when we started this journey, I am going to write on the board. I do like writing on the board. Um, the first one that we started with, we talked about submit. Um, inside there, we have to submit. You know, we can't be saved without submission. You know, that's the start of everything. The next one is, um, the next S word is serve. So in order to serve, you have to be a servant, you have to be able to submit to authority. You know, the ultimate authority is our Lord. So when we became saved, but we also require to serve. But you can't serve without submitting. Otherwise, it's vain. It's in vanity. So we don't want to be like that. And today, today's S word is steward. Right there. And you can see it's a natural progression if you look at it. Um, but it doesn't just start with just submitting, serving, and steward. It's actually a circle if you think about it. So if you have submit here, you have serve over here, and you have steward over here, it's a continuous process. Once you start the submission, you start the cycle, comes here, comes back over here. This marker is going to die on us too. And that one right there. And you can see, even though I'm st- a steward, I'm still submitting, I'm still serving, and as I serve, I'm stewarding, and it just is a continuous process. And it starts small, but you can start rating out more and more as you serve and steward more. So that's what I wanted to focus on today and, and finish up this um, lesson here as steward here. So, again, uh, I throw I throw credit to Bob where we needed to find the word. So I always start out with Webster's. It's an easy dictionary to go through and find down there. And there's five different ways that we can approach it. So um, uh, one of the definitions is a man employed in great families to manage domestic concerns, superintend to other servants, collect the rents or income, keep the accounts. That's a lot of responsibility for a steward, especially if you're collecting money for the Lord. So it's a huge responsibility. Um, an officer of state. So is it actually a position that is in high regard as high as Lord, high steward, steward of the household? It's a lot of responsibility. And I already know that when you guys are saying this, I know you guys are already thinking in your mind, I know stewards in the Bible and we'll go through and talk about some of those here in a minute. Um, in colleges, it's an officer who provides food for the students and superintends the concerns of the kitchen. So, Bobby's a steward. She's over here preparing the coffee for us in the morning. She is a steward um, inside of here. In a ship of war, it's an officer who is appointed by the person to distribute provisions to the officers and crew. So he's not only serving the officers, he's serving the crew as well. So a man who superintends the provisions, well, it says liquors, and we don't want to go that way, and supplies the table. But here's the good one I like the best, so the best is the last. In Scripture and theology, a minister of Christ. 
you can't go through that. Um, whose duty is to dispense the provisions of the, the, of the gospel? We are to go forth and teach and share the gospel. So to preach its doctrines and minister its ordinances. We are to be stewards inside of her. Just to be looking at that definition right there. Um, I'm excited of it. And as we talk about it, and I, and I, I fly for my job. I do have to travel um, as we come out of COVID. Um, I already have customers making requests as their states allow it. And if I feel comfortable with it, um, I'm going to be allowed to travel again. And when I fly in the airplanes, they you know what? They don't call them stewards and stewardesses anymore. They're flight attendants or flight assistants. And you know what? I sat back and I started thinking about it. And I actually, the next flight I want to, I want to talk to them about that. It's like... Why wouldn't you want to have the title of a steward? That is a great responsibility. It's tied to nobility. You call yourself a flight attendant, you're just... Not to demean you, but it's a demeaning title. It's a demeaning name. And it's all that because of the political correctness. You know, council culture. And it's just so sickening to see here. You're a steward. You are responsible. The pilot and the co-pilot, because they don't have navigators up there in the cockpit anymore. You have these two people up in the front. They can't attend to the rest of the people in the back of the plane. So they have to trust someone else. That's the key word. Trust someone else to take care of the needs of the people on the plane so they can focus on pushing buttons because they don't actually fly anymore. They do when they take off and land. After that, everything else is just pushing buttons. They don't actually do anything anymore um, in there. But the, the pilots do have that responsibility and they can't attend to the needs of the people in the back in the fuselage of the airplane. So... But that, you know, having that title of a steward, I think, is very important. And again, that cancel culture and that political correctness, it just kind of is disheartening to hear it and see it. It's like, oh, let's just call you something else. You know, we're talking about, you know, people talking about racial slurs in this today's and age. Well, you guys just canceled out something else that actually had a moment of pride and an honor. And I, just, I shouldn't, I gotta be careful with the word pride, a joy and honor as they serve. So let me go ahead and correct myself on that. Not pride, but joy, um, with that. So I, I just kind of, you know, I want to come back to that one because they've done, they did, they did, and they actually did a disservice to the honor of what they were doing. That's just my opinion. But if you think about it, it is kind of disheartening to see that they just, you you undermined what you were actually doing. You've lessened it. You made it less important. So hopefully, as we as stewards, um, we don't do that. Um, one thing that I personally like to do, and this is what I've really been pushing hard at, when I started this and started um, studying this out a little bit, and personal application of I'm doing this is in the AV ministry. My goal. And, and as I go through and minister with everyone up in the sound booth is to make them stewards, you know, because they're there. They've already submitted because you can't be in the sound booth without submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't be up there without being that. And you guys have come up there and they've asked to serve. And it's like, you know, some of them I've asked, some of them come up to me and say, Hey, Ray, I want to help. So they've come up and they want to serve. So the next part of that, and that's part of discipleship, that's the great thing about discipleship is we can take you from being just a servant to becoming a steward. It's a natural progression. God's great. And you think about that as he's established this. 
it's so simple to become a steward. And a steward is just a person, again, like we said, is going to have, um, up in the sound booth, since we're all up there, we are ministers of Christ. We are an extension of the pastors when they're up there speaking. We're, you know, we're an extension of the praise band to help them minister as well. So we're part of that ministry right there. And that's why I call them stewards. Um, when they take on that ownership, when I give them keys to the sound booth, I'm putting my trust in you to take ownership of this sound booth and done that. And you know what? Almost everyone that I've handed the keys out, unfortunately, there's always an, an exception to that. They have taken on that role and taken it seriously. And stewardship should be serious, but we can also have fun when we're stewarding too. So try to incorporate that. So that's as a ministry, I try to do that as well as just to encourage that stewardship. Take that ownership as you serve. And I'll pick on Diana Fugate for a minute here, Mrs. Fugate. <laughs> She, 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 cause she does serve up in the sound booth. Um, I've, I've nudged her and I've nudged her hard. Sometimes I pushed her, almost pushed her down, almost pushed her away as a ministry leader and as a, as a steward. And I have to be careful of that, but we found a niche that she loves and she loves chatting with everyone on the live stream when we're broadcasting to Facebook and YouTube. She is. She she's owned that. She's like, Ray, I want to do that. And it's like, have at it. And I help her to get her set up with it, but she runs with it. So she's taking on that stewardship of that. And I've had other examples of that. Um, I would never have thought this as well as uh, Ray Vallejo. And I am going to use his name. I would never have thought that I can minister with Ray Vallejo. If you know the history, it was a challenge. But you know what? I asked and he said, I'm here. And you know what? Kind of like, um, you know what Samuel said? I'm here. Here, Lord. Mm-hmm. Ray Vallejo said that. And he's just taken off. And he's happy. And he's serving. I mean, mm-hmm. he's hungry. And that's great. And so that's, so he's becoming a steward as I go through this. So I, I just want to share some of those encouraging stories where I didn't think that we were going to do this. And here we are. People are just owning it, and that makes my life so much easier. So I can still steward on a bigger scale because, like I said, we start with a small circle. But this doesn't just start here. As you continue to do this, the circle gets bigger and bigger, and that's what's happening with me in my life. It started tight, and as we go through and continue this cycle, that never stops until we go and be present in the Lord, and it's still not going to stop up there either because we still have some more work to do. But it continues on right there, and I'm just really encouraged um, with it. So I have to kind of share this. This is more testimonial than actually teaching um, inside of here. But I just wanted to kind of share that. And then the other part of this is if you look in it, in the Bible, the word steward shows up 13 times. So, and there's the plural version of stewards. So that's the good thing right here is stewards, plural, actually appears 11 times in the Bible. So 27, 25, 24 times the concept of the word inside there appears. If you look at it too, if you just look at the structure of the way, the descriptions I gave you are nouns. But if you think about this, submit is an action. Serve is an action. Steward, the act of doing the serving is an action as well as a verb. These are these are action items for us to do as believers. So if you kind of look at that as well, we have to do some things. And so we have that progress and we have that 
that process set up for us um, inside of here. So the first mention of um, the word steward is back to the story of Abram. And now you go Abram because that's what it is in Genesis 15:2. Just to go through there, the Lord say, I'm going to make you a great nation and make you a great people. But Abram's Lord, and he's, he's not questioning the Lord's ability. He's just like, Lord, how is this going to happen? I'm an old man. He goes, the only person I have is his steward that was ministering to his family, um, taking care of the household affairs of Abram and Sarah um, before he became Abraham. So that was the first mention. But you know what? We can go back to Genesis, and if you would, join me there, Genesis 2 we see the picture of our first steward right there. It's going to fail me again. Technology. So towards the middle part of that, so it's Genesis 2. This is, you know, after we kind of go through here, Genesis 1, the Lord has established the earth. You know, and here and he's coming here, and he just mentions on the seventh day God ended his work inside of here. So he did create everything right there. Um, going down here. And I'm gonna start in verse um, eight right here. And you guys kinda know what this is. Um, actually I'll start before that. And um, I'll start verse um, verse seven. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul so God breathed into us so we can have a living soul and then continue on right there and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man from whom he had formed and out of the ground the Lord um, God to grow every tree that is pleasant of sight and good for food for the tree of life also in the midst of garden and the trees of knowledge of good and evil and it gives a description of the um the rivers where eden's located at here's kind of cool thing we can only find two of these rivers anymore the other two we don't quite know so god is says hey eden did exist but you can only find part of it and the first is um pison which that which compassed the whole land of havilah where there is gold and the gold and the gold of the land is good there's the i don't know in the onyx stone and the name of the second river is gihon and the same that it encompassed the whole land of ethiopia and the name of the third river is hadekel which is that um, which goes toward the east of assyria and the fourth river is euphrates so you guys always remember that you know somewhere in, they always say in, in world history class the fertile crescent between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers where they think everything was created. Well, that's man's interpretation. We have Euphrates. We know that the Euphrates River is somewhere in that area. And we have the biblical version of where we came from um, right there. But that's, you know, God created that. Um, but then in the next verse here in verse... Um, is it 15? Yeah, 15. And the, Lord, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So right there, there's our purpose for what the Lord had bestowed upon Adam. And God did set for some parameters. Just as we are stewards, there's parameters that we have to go through and follow. Um, as a steward of the AV ministry, I still have to give an account to the pastors, 
specifically pastors Randy and Brian, but if Pastor Bob is up there preaching, I have to submit to what he would like to do for his message out there to the congregation um, inside there. So I do have to follow those rules. And the Lord set that parameter right there. So the Lord God, and then Adam as the steward of the garden right there. And the Lord, and the Lord God said it is um, actually He commands and sets some parameters there. So, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest there, thereof, thou shalt surely die. Well, we kind of know what happens in this story. Um, but again, continuing on here, and the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help. A help me for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. That's a steward right there. And if we see it right there in Genesis 2. So from the beginning in the Bible, we have stewardship established. We know we don't call him a steward at this point. We have the picture of what a steward is. We have what a steward and Adam did this. And just kind of continue. Um, and Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. So we know kind of going on with that. The, you know, Adam falls asleep. The Lord takes his rib out and makes and then makes a helpmeet for him. And then Adam calls her woman because it came out of him. So that's the rest of the story there in um, Genesis two. So that's the first picture of. Um, of a steward right here because the Lord, he had that trust in the Lord and the Lord said, Hey, you're responsible for this. You will take care of this. Now we know that they failed and they get expelled from the garden of Eden because of the sin that they introduced. But again, there's consequences inside there. If you don't steward right, there's going to be consequences. I don't want to focus on the negative. I just want to focus on the examples of being stewards here. So I kind of went around, um, with this one. And since we're talking stewardship, does anyone have a steward that they kind of, you know, look up to in the Lord? Bobby, I'm kind of making this participation time. Do you have a Do you have a steward in the Bible that you look up to and follow as you minister? I think Paul the most. I think he served God in ways that. I agree. I, there, there's There's so many in here that I don't think anyone's going to have a wrong answer, Diana. I was going to say Paul. Okay. Or Peter. Uh, you, any of the apostles or stewards, if you think about Brianna? Ruth. Ruth. I was thinking about that one, too. Um, I think more in, in the line of that, Ruth was. Um, but I think Boaz is more the, the example, which he provided the covering for Ruth. So, But I, I was thinking that one as well. Stood by Naomi. Right, and she was helping Naomi manage. Naomi was her. Right. And they're intertwined, just like this, mm-hmm. just like that. That's why I agree with that, Nathan. You have one. Sorry, it's a trip. Um, like Moses or Joseph? Yeah, Joseph, Moses. Those are some and some other ones. Bob, you have one. Joshua. Joshua. I, I was thinking Joshua as well. Sarah? Do you want a good steward or just any steward? Any steward that you find inspiration from when you read in the Bible. 
Well, I don't find any inspiration from Judas, but he was a steward. He was a steward, and he failed. You know, unfortunately, he, you know, he he sold Christ out for thirty pieces of silver. You know, I wouldn't want to follow him. No, you don't want to, but you do, you guys see what happens is if you do not manage the affairs that you're responsible for. So that's, Bob, you have one back there? And, and that's really based on his relationship with Christ. Right, because he wouldn't fully submit. He didn't fully serve. He didn't steward. What he did is he sold out. John, I, I agree with that one too. I love I love the book of John and all the other Johns. Um, I think probably, well, Ruth, Ruth is my favorite book, but I also like Esther. Mm-hmm. Esther. And she submitted to Mordecai. Oh, yes. That was a, you know, that was a. By her submission to actually be on that, the Lord, of what he, to, you know, yeah. to thank the whole people of Jews there. So I think she was a good example. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think there's, there's there's bad examples, but a lot, there's more good. And you just think about it, David. David was, and Samuel was one. Um, you know, the story of Samson, eh, not so much. He wasn't a great steward. He was kind of one. Yes, sir? Did they ever give us the name? Oh. There was a, the cupbearer when Joseph was in um, prison. Wasn't it the king's cupbearer that remembered Joseph to the the king, or was? Yeah, it? no, it was Pharaoh's wife. I think Pharaoh's wife was trying to seduce him, and she threw him in jail. Yeah. And there was another steward that said, "No, there's." Well, if I'm, if I'm, 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 well, Joseph had interpreted two things: the what was it, the baker and the cupbearer, and when he asked them both, "Remember me to the king," because they were both right. One remembered him, the other one right. Right, yeah. I was trying to think. I don't think they give us his name. Yeah. But the butler. The butler is all. The butler. The butler did it. <laughs> but to me, whichever one was, it doesn't matter. Those were stewards in the king's house. Right, but again, the the baker failed. Right. And he was executed. Right. Yeah, so there's a lot of them. I mean, Joseph is one. Abraham was uh, another one. Isaac and Jacob, because they had to trust to continue on. Um, like I said, David, Samuel, and we can go through Solomon. All the prophets, right. all the prophets were stewards. And then, of course, we get into the New Testament, the apostles um, um, inside of there. So all of them were stewards as well. Actually, our Lord Jesus Christ, while he was on earth, was a steward. He was given that from God and to do that. So he was the, he was the king steward, I guess. The, you know, the Lord steward of, of us all. So it's a it's a good little study. There's a lot more. I mean, this could be a whole sermon series for a whole year. We can just go in through and just break this down. Um, but if you would, turn over here with me on... Um, 1 Corinthians 4, and we'll look at a little bit more about stewards. I 
So one of the things that we have to be responsible for inside of here is our faith. We have to be faithful. So in verses 1 and 2, it says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ... And, that's a key word in the Bible, whenever you read a Bible, look at your conjunctions. And, so we're going to help define, as minister, stewards of the mysteries of God. Okay, so so ministers, that's where the Bible, or that's where the definition was coming from. Ministers and stewards are tied in together. Um, so there's synonyms uh, is another technical term we can use inside there of the same word. So we're stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. We have to be faithful. Can't be faithful if you don't submit. We're required to serve and be faithful in our service. And we can't steward without doing those other ones. And we have to be faithful while we steward as well. So, again, those tie in together very well um, inside of here. And so it's pretty cool to just kind of look at this a little bit more. And then I have one more here. And this is the last mention of the word steward in the Bible. And that's in Titus 1, if you want to jump over there with me. And this is, and this is actually um, um, the qualification for a bishop, um, which is a pastor. The qualifications of an office of the of a pastor inside the church. But in Titus one seven it says, uh, "For a bishop must be blameless, not perfect, blameless." There is a distinct difference in that word. I like word studies, and Bob turned me on to them. <laughs> um, as we go through that, as the steward of God, as the minister of God, as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, and temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able to, by sound doctrine, both exhort and to give convince the gainsayers. There's a lot there to be part of a steward um, with that. So we're not to be self-willed. It's got to be the will of God in our life. Not soon angry. I struggle with that one a little bit. Sometimes things get mad and things go wrong up there in the sound booth. I have to step back and say, okay, um, instead of getting mad about that. Not giving the wine, obviously not drinking alcohol. No striker. Not going out looking for a fight um, inside there. Not giving a filthy lucre. Not pursuing money. You know, not saying we can't work for a living, but my focus isn't to be making money off of money um, inside of there. Be a lover of hospitality. You know, just just loving on there and hosting and just having fun um, with your uh, having that fellowship time. Lover of good men. You know, just being ready to go and just love everyone as they come through. Sober, again, ties into not drinking of the wine. Just keeping that um, focused mind right there, not including there. Just holy and temperate. So those are just great things that we need to be a part of as we steward. And it's, again, it's that natural process. As you submit, you start learning this. As you serve, you start applying what you're learning through your submission. And as you serve, you, as you prove yourself out with these qualifications, you become that steward and that minister of God. 
So that's what the Lord's laid out on my heart as we go through here, is to submit, serve, and steward the three S's, as I call them, inside of there. Any questions? I just, I did, that's what the Lord, I mean, like I said, I didn't get into too much of the doctrine approach of steward. I just kind of, kind of kept it at the small level, but this would be a great, another study in its own right. Fully expand that one into it. And again, we've seen all the different ones that we have in our, that are available as examples and in samples in our life. And we have them here in our church as well, day in and day out, you know, we see them. Um, you know, the other thing that got me thinking about this too is we did just do deacon elections. You know, we went through and said, hey, we're choosing deacons. You know, and that was one of the things right here. Are they stewards? You know, as we go through the qualifications. And I was thinking about that. And, well, you know what? I'm going to tell you, um, for me, when I voted on who I wanted like to see as a deacon, I actually looked at their wives inside of there. I hate to say that. So you didn't vote for me because I'm crazy. Well, I didn't vote for you at all because you can't qualify as a deacon. Okay, sorry. So I have to... We, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to. Um, but I did look but I did look at the, the wives of the men because that tells me how they're stewarding their house. It tells me how they're being responsible and what they're what they're giving the minister for right there. So I use that as an example um, to go through there and look at that because it reflects upon the man as a steward. So you know, just like me as a steward of the AV ministry, when things go wrong, and I, everyone does it, when things go wrong, they look back at the sound booth. When they do, it's like guys, things happen. That's why we have monitors so we can't see your faces. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, we've been talking about steward. I keep, it's like, I keep feeling like there's something that I've learned that we keep missing, and I was trying to figure out what that was. I've heard steward used in the context of the things that God has given us. We are to be good stewards of whether it's finances, our home. Yes. Um, our families, you know, we're supposed to take care of. Um, treasurers are supposed to be good stewards of the money that they're responsible for. And that's where Jesus came in at my thinking. Um, and there was one other, and I can't remember it right now. Oh, good stewards of our time. That's the biggest one. Because if you think about that, that is a good one. Because that's the one thing. Once it's gone, you can never recapture. Once it's gone, there's, there's, you can't get it back. You can't go back in time. We can't go back and gain that. We only have, and we have that. The Lord has set time limits on us, and He doesn't want us. That's why. That's why I think you see us as a church. Um, you know, um, we go through. We know time is short. That's why it's pressing. That's why you hear it from Pastor Brian. You'll hear it from the other pastors. We know the time is short as we come up here. The end of the world's coming. God is going to pass judgment. That's why it's critical. That's why there's the big push for taking the streets. We want people to come in to come know Jesus Christ as we know him. You know, I'm preaching to the Amen Choir here, but we know who Jesus Christ is. But we want those other people to know who Jesus Christ is and what he will do for them in their life. 
and basically save them from themselves in an eternity of damnation. Because Bob, I pick on Bob a lot right here, but Bob is a great mentor as I've come through and grown, grown up in the Lord. And growing up in the Lord is one thing he always talked about when we were in a jail ministry together is we don't want people to see their eternal damnation because there's two ways of dying inside of here. There's drowning and being burned alive. Those are the two worst ways of dying. If you think about it, and what's going to happen... There's going to be a lake of fire. Both of those are going to happen. And it's going to be for eternity for all the lost souls and torment. So that's why it's critical because we know our time is limited that we want people to go out this tomorrow, today, take it to the streets, knock on a couple of doors and say, hey, will you come join us for Easter service? We want you guys to know this. We're not making you guys do anything. We're not going to sell you anything. We're just going to share what was given to us. And that was shared with us. And we're just passing on that tradition. So that's that's really the the thrust of that. And that's, again, that stewardship that we're being given back to. So it comes back to stewardship again, to be ministers of Christ. Your class is going to leave. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're all going to transition back to our next step right here. Well, guys, I just want to say thank you guys for allowing me to come in and share. Thank you. You're welcome.